The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James is going to be looking at your latest Farm Futures article. It's up on the site. 17 starts that might be, uh, that might mean something. Of course, very, very early, but, uh, you know, extremes in small samples, as Todd Zola has said, kind of paraphrasing uh, others in the industry, Ron Chandler included. Extremes in small samples sometimes do mean something. So I think maybe we'll uh, gain something by looking at these early starts in the minor leagues, but I'd be remiss if we didn't start with some Franchi talk. Franchi getting activated. It was kind of a microcosm of the skill set yesterday. One for four with a homer and two Ks. You know, the Ks are going to be there, but uh, you have him, I know, in our stake league. I'm sure you have some other shares Realistically, you know, it's kind of become a bit at this point with us loving Franchi, but realistically, what can we expect from him moving forward? I think it could be kind of the Carlos Gomez experience with a batting average that probably never gets above, or at at the end of the year, I can't imagine the batting average is going to be above even 250. 
Like I think he's going to hit best case scenario. I think he's going to hit like 240, 245, something like that. But I think he could hit 20 plus homers. I think he could steal 20, 25, maybe even 30 bases. And that's that's kind of the the very very high end projection is that you get like a 2020 season with like a 240 average. So it's not it's not like this is a guy that you and I seriously think is going to like swing leagues, but he's just a guy that that that's something I've tried. I've I've debated how to kind of properly get that message out there, just because I'm at this point I'm almost sort of trolling people with tweets yeah, we're, about we're franchi committed yeah and, it, and it's not like it's not like you and i are saying this guy's going to be a, a superstar we were just the whole thing started because he was a, a huge value in nfbc drafts back in december and probably remained a value all the way up until the start of the season just because you didn't have to take him inside the top 300 yeah i think that's really well put it's it was about the value and just beware of the flaws. You know, the, he was showing some refinement with the discipline a little bit at the plate, but still going to be the swing and miss. And, yeah, the average might hurt, but, you know, steals right now pretty hard to find. I think he could help you there. And the power seems very real. 115 off the bat, which is like a top – I was looking at the leaderboard day. It was like top 20 uh, mark in baseball this season. And then another one, which was the homer, the 115 was, I think, a ground out. But – the 110 was out of the park, and the StatCast numbers last year in his major league sample were really encouraging. So, yeah, just somebody that can maybe juicy up in the the counting categories a little bit. Uh, and and the one the one big thing that I think a lot of people have missed in, in this evaluation from a fantasy perspective is just how good his defense is and how important that defense is to San Diego when they're at full strength because – Will Myers is an abomination in an outfield corner, and you need Franchi Cordero and Manny Margot out there covering all that ground so that Myers is less exposed. Like, you can't have Margot in center and then a couple just hacky defenders like Hunter Renfro and Will Myers in the corners. You're just going to get lit up, and people are going to score a ton of runs on you. You need two stud defenders next to that terrible defender, and that's why I think. Franchi Cordero is going to get a chance to play through any struggles at the plate. Whereas, you know, a guy like a guy like a Hunter Renfro, maybe if you gave Hunter Renfro another 550 plate appearances this season, he would start making some positive improvements, but his defense is just not good enough to warrant him getting that type of a leash to prove himself. Whereas Cordero, I mean, he could hit, 220 and get on base at like a 280 clip and might still be one of their best option uh as the third outfielder yeah i think that's well put but man you, you might have to pull your punches james you don't want to hurt any feelings no, i'm kidding but wasn't somebody <laughs> getting on you about making somebody uh oh josh naylor come on look if, if you're a hack in the outfield you're gonna get called a hack it's just the way I, it yeah I, there's there's a lot of people with with kind of fragile feelings and egos and sensibilities that you know you're not allowed to say anything about any player that isn't just 100 percent glowing uh yeah, you're a, you're the lead prospect guy here if, if a guy is hefty to put it nicely like josh naylor is at 21 that's something you have to factor into your analysis 
Right. And it's not like talking about a pro athlete's body is it's part of it. Like you, yeah. you, that's how you perform. You need to, you know, be strong, be fast, be athletic. And if you're not, or if you're just not as in shape as you could be, that goes into the calculus as, as to how good of a player you're going to end up being. Absolutely. Well, Franchi, that was exciting to see that news yesterday. Not only activated, but leading off. We'll see. You know, I think he probably sits against most lefties, but maybe leading off against right-handers until Margot's back at least. But should be fun. And just a fun player, fun sleeper. But what do you think about tomorrow potentially being Acuna Day? Is it going to be the case? I know he's off to a bit of a slow start. Doesn't really mean anything, but... Do you think that could give them pause to maybe just push him back so he can debut at home next week? I guess I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, Definitely think he's up within the next five to seven days. Uh, I know that there's some inclement weather in Chicago, at least coming this weekend. So, I mean, a couple of those games might even just be postponed, which could partially delay his debut uh, but yeah, I think he's, I don't really care what he's hitting at AAA. I don't think they care what he's hitting. He's probably just, he's probably like half-assing it even more than he half-assed it in the, uh, Arizona fall league. Like he's just <laughs> like, he's, what, what am I doing at AAA? Yeah. Like, why, why would I try? <laughs> Nothing to prove. And he half-assed it and was still the MVP of the, the fall league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, wow. he's, he's just one of those guys that belongs in the big leagues he knows it they know it it's it's only a matter of days before we get to see him well is nick senzel in that same boat i think uh especially given where the reds are at right now two and nine the offense is absolutely abysmal i think they have the second lowest position player war in baseball uh maybe behind the royals but it's bad it's really bad right now and i think they should do the right thing and bring him up do you think we see him within a week's time, similar to Acuna. It's possible. I think the the two guys other than Acuna to keep an eye on for a possible mid-April promotion are Nick Senzel and Glaber Torres, just because I think both guys fit obvious needs. Uh, Both guys are definitely ready defensively. Senzel's off to a little bit of a slow start. I don't really think that matters though, either. Uh, Just it's six games. Uh, yeah, and you got Cliff Pennington at the right. I, I think the the thing with Senzel is you probably bring him up either in like a week or ten days, or at that, or if you if you keep him down like into late April, early May, you might as well just keep him down until early June just to get past that super two cutoff. So if I'm a Nick Senzel owner, I'm really hoping that he gets the call this weekend or, or shortly after. Otherwise I, I have to prepare myself for the fact that he might not be up until early June. Yeah. As a Reds fan, I can't fathom that they better do what's right. <laughs> I'll have a st- right. stern word. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I really hope so, but they're just really hard to watch and I can't even, I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch the game tonight, but it's going to be miserable with Votto out of the lineup. Like, did you see that lineup? <laughs> no. Oh God. Let's talk about uh, this article you have, James. <laughs> 17 starts that might mean something. The starts for Acuna and Senzel mean nothing. But these guys off to pretty good starts, at least the first few you wrote up. 
Uh, Michael Kopech, not a lot of innings under his belt, just four, but two hits, two walks, eight Ks. It was nice for me to see him because the, it looked like the mechanics were a mess in spring training. Good to see him have some success early on, but what are you making of Kopech's start? It's just kind of what we expected. Uh, I think it's it's kind of a positive sign, actually, that he's just he's healthy, he's missing bats. Like, that's that's kind of the the most you could really hope for he's he, there's always going to be some command control issues with him uh the the changeup seems to be progressing so you know you look at that white Sox starting rotation uh miguel gonzalez james shields two guys who you know are veteran guys but definitely not getting the job done right now and uh, i know the white Sox aren't contending this year but They've never been a team to really waste prospect uh, bullets on the pitching side at AAA. So I, I, I think it's definitely possible that we see Kopech here in, in a few weeks after he gets you know maybe four or five starts at AAA. If some command issues kind of pop up, uh, some serious ones where he's just like walking four guys, five guys, something like that, uh, in, in a few starts, then maybe he's held down longer than that. But I don't really know what the point of keeping Kopech at AAA would be. I mean, once you get past that that service time issue and you have him for seven years, I mean, he's he's probably already good enough to be their, their third best starting pitcher. So I, I think that we might actually see him pretty soon. Very nice. Walker Bueller has since made another start since you wrote and published this article. Now up to nine innings, two-run ball with AAA. Uh, two two walks to 11 strikeouts looks like in his latest start only 73 pitches after throwing 72 in his first so they're being real careful with him monitoring his in-game workloads really carefully and the season-long workload we already know is capped at about 150 innings but what are you seeing with with Bueller to start this year I mean he's not completely dominating but he's pitching well he's got like a two era through two starts uh not walking too many guys he's he's missing missing bats at a at a decent clip uh that hyunjin ryu good start wasn't necessarily the best thing for bueller in terms of his eta that's gonna be a tough one to peg they're definitely being careful with his pitch count which is just kind of the one thing i've taken away from his first two starts like they're not letting him go super deep into games even when he's uh controlling the action so i think they're definitely keeping in mind that they want to save some of his uh the the bulk of his innings i think they want to save for the big leagues this year it's just a matter of when a spot opens up and and whether or not that lines up with his day mike soroka i think this one is pretty interesting i think it was the cover photo or the the main photo used for this article a uh, really good start here, and what you say is that he's kind of guy who you know, may need to, to move up to another level. I mean, he's already a AAA, maybe needing to move up to the highest level to really be tested. Five innings, three hits only, five Ks, one walk. Uh, still young, I mean, not even 21 yet, but is it time to maybe go out and get Soroka, Soroka even in like 12-team mixed leagues? Probably not in 12-team leagues, but it's getting close to stash time. Uh, I, I'm I, on board. It's, 
you know, I've got a, I've got a heavy stash right now in stake, so I might not be able to make room for another stash, but as soon as I think I can justify a bench spot, uh, going towards another stash, Soroka might be that guy. I mean, I, I really think this is a guy that he, he smells like the type of guy that's going to get promoted like in early May or mid May or something like that. And a lot of people are going to be like, Oh wow. Like Soroka, like didn't expect to see him this early, but I mean, if he continues to just not really face much resistance at all against triple a hitters, then it's like kind of the, uh, the Michael Kopech thing. It's like, what's, what's even the point of keeping him at triple a we've got the extra year control. He's a pitcher. They all typically break at some point. And I mean, you might as well just get him in there and see if this Braves team can't go on a bit of a run with uh, Ronald Acuna hitting in the middle of that lineup. And, and a guy like Mike Soroka taking the ball every fifth day. Yeah, I need to cool my jets because I may have to go from one stash to another. <laughs> can't be thinking about dropping Bueller for Soroka now. But I do like what you're saying. And right now, everything looks pretty good. I mean, I mean, not good, but all the starters are reasonably healthy. They have Luis Gohara kind of returning, but you know that injuries are going to deplete this rotation in, in pretty short order, so... I think that makes for a pretty logical stash in deeper leagues. Adonis Medina with the Phillies. If I'm not mistaken, you have him even higher than Sixto Sanchez. Am I right about that? No. Oh, okay. Uh, for some reason you did. No, I think I have Sixto roughly 15, 20 spots higher. Uh, yes. Actually, glad you brought up Sixto, though. Just quickly, uh, someone asked about him, like wondering why he's not pitching for high A right now. And the uh, Phillies have have said on record he's 100% healthy. They are targeting 130, 140 innings for him this year, but he was going to need to be managed at some point, and they're just kind of doing it sooner than at the end of the season because he was sick in camp and wasn't able to get quite ready to go. So don't worry about Sixto Sanchez. He should be making his 2018 debut in a week or two. Uh, with Medina, though, he yeah, he's going to just cruise to Double A at some point this season. The Florida State League is really going to be a nice place for him to put up some some pretty awesome numbers and boost his stock. Nice, yeah. Sorry to put words in your mouth. I do remember though your pitching prediction for Medina was that he enters twenty nineteen as a top ten pitching prospect on real life and fantasy list. So you are on, high on him, but maybe not. Uh, well, not quite as high as as you are on Sixto, but. Let's talk about Jack Flaherty. He, uh, I hate that he's wasting bullets right now in the minors, but it is only seven innings, but he had 11 Ks in those seven innings. Now five hits, just one earned run. would love to see this kid up, and I think it happens soon, but I know shallower leagues, your, your patience is bound to be tested with a guy like Flaherty, but are you adamant that once he does come up that the results will be mixed league worthy? Yeah, I th- I think so. Uh you know, I'm really struggling to think of a format where I don't think he should be rostered right now. Maybe if you're in a 10 team league where there's shallow benches, maybe you only have like five bench spots or maybe you start like seven pitchers or something. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, I mean there there's there are there are definitely formats where he shouldn't be owned, but in the vast majority, and definitely if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing your all your leagues are leagues where a guy like Flaherty should be owned, and definitely a guy that might have been dropped when he was 
sent back down uh, and Adam Wainwright joined the rotation, I'm sure there was some roster crunching going on in, in some of your leagues and he might be out there. So, uh, I'd be very confident about continuing to stash him in, in the vast majority of formats. Cause he's, he's definitely ready. Oh, don't worry. He's stashed. <laughs> he's stashed away. Jesus Lazardo is another guy who's made another start since you published this article. Now up to 16 walks in nine and two-thirds innings at high A. 16 strikeouts. I'm sorry, 16 strikeouts. Uh, Only four walks. Uh, Nine and two-thirds innings. What are you making of Lazardo's early start? Uh, It's it's awesome. I mean, it was, you know, with with Medina and Lazardo, those are two guys I made predictions on. They were, at least for me, it was kind of easy to see this coming just based on how awesome Lazardo looked in spring training. And, you know, he's only 20 and he didn't have any experience at low A, but he's still probably a little too advanced for for high A. Uh, The 10 strikeouts were a career best, as you can imagine. The five innings in his last start also tied a a career high. So he he doesn't have a ton of experience in pro ball, still just about 50 total innings under his belt. But, I mean, he's he's the real deal. He's going to move really quickly and... Maybe not by the next podcast, but uh, I, I think he's going to be a double-A in, in a few weeks. Interesting. Corbin Burns, I'm getting a real right-handed Cody Reed vibe just looking at him. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a bust vibe. From him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but he had a really good start. It is, or it was, rather, on the road at Omaha. So are you you know, advising that people temper expectations moving forward? He's going to be a guy that I think is becomes a popular stash at some point. He's, you know, this is a team that really doesn't have a ton of quality rotation depth. I mean, if if they thought he was ready right now, I think he'd be up because they could they could use him. I mean, a lot of these guys we're talking about like Flaherty, like he he's got to wait his turn for a spot to open up. Bueller's got to wait his turn. Like Burns, when he's ready, isn't going to have to wait. There, there's just not enough guys in his way. So that that's what makes him appealing. But yeah, definitely factor in. Like if I'm if I'm kind of uh, scouting the stats on Burns and, and trying to determine when it's time to roster him, I would just go to the splits and look at what he's doing on the road. I think you can just throw out. Anything he does at Colorado Springs this year, it's just such a, a nightmare to pitch in that environment. So uh, just keep that in mind with Burns. I think he's he's up sometime this summer. Very nice, very nice. I want to ask you about Sandy Alcantara, who's the next guy you wrote up. But first, Jarlin Garcia, or Harlan, I guess is probably how it's pronounced. Pretty crazy start last night, no hitter through six. They turned it over to... That's Drew Steckenrider, who's been awesome, but he did give up a hit to end that combined no-no. But Harlan Garcia, a guy that warrants any real attention? Somebody I know a lot about. <laughs> I don't think he warrants any attention. Uh, Fair enough. He I, There's definitely formats where he should be owned. Like if you're... Somebody will probably go crazy tonight and stake. I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, that's always fun uh, when people make bad bids. Um but if you, I mean, if you're in an NL only, I, I would, I'd roll the dice on him. I just, I don't. He's like a swingman to me. That was just a crazy anomaly of an outing where I don't think it means anything. It like there's plenty of terrible pitchers have thrown no hitters and come close to throwing no hitters. So it's it's really not anything that does anything for me. He's he's got no experience at AAA. 
this was only his first big league start. He's just kind of an up and down, maybe fifth starter, but more likely just kind of a swingman bullpen piece. Nice. Quick note, fantasy baseball fans, the season is underway. And with baseball season comes FanDuel offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're doing. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. We have the Rotowire Baseball Championship on FanDuel. Uh, it'll be pretty cool. A lot of qualifiers throughout the season scheduled on the uh, rest of the way. 418, 52, 516. 530 and 613 you can go to fandle.com slash dash championship dash mlb uh six qualifying contests again top three scores count place in the top 25 and you'll reach the rotowire championship james you took down the free roll last night or no i'm sorry you took down the initial one then you finished third last night correct yeah i'm i'm just so good at daily uh, I think that, that that that's clear at this point. I think you know two two free rolls into the season, the cream has has risen to the top. Uh, no, hey, I think you can't. I think you can no longer afford to sell yourself short, dude. I'll continue to sell myself short. How dare you? Um, <laughs> no, I will too because I suck at daily. <laughs> I I'm really not doing anything groundbreaking. Like oh, oh he's a lefty. He's facing a righty. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> a larger sample. Things may even out, but that's a nice start for you, and um, we'll see. I did not have a very good night last night. I went Alex Wood, and that was a decision that bit me. But uh, there are a lot of new product variations on FanDuel this year. Smaller rosters, AL, NL only. Truly something for everybody. Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for a million in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com. Slash RW, you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Visit Fandle.com slash RW, void where prohibited. So let's talk about Sandy Alcantara, 8Ks and four and two-thirds in his first start of the season. I know Craig Mish, uh, you know, insider with that team, he thought maybe Alcantara would get the nod out of camp. That didn't happen, but do you expect him to spend most of this season in that Miami rotation. It it just kind of seems like that's where this is headed. Uh, I think a lot of organizations following acquiring a guy like Alcantara from, from the Cardinals would have gone into this year planning on keeping him in the minors all year because he's got, he's got plenty of stuff to work on. He's, he's not like Bueller or Flaherty where he's basically ready to just get big league hitters out. Uh, consistently i think he's got the upside to be a worthwhile streamer in even 15 team leagues when when he's up just because the 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 stuff is so nasty that he could be a a guy that misses a a good amount of bats but there are going to be some some rough outings mixed in there too so I, i wouldn't get too excited about alcantara when he does come up but it will just make the marlins watchable <laughs> that that's yeah. kind of the thing i'm looking forward to is just oh alcantara is pitching like i i can actually watch this this marlins game as opposed to completely bypassing it yeah they might be more watchable than the reds at least oh, four out of on. five days <laughs> um max freed's a guy who's kind of got some fatigue as a prospect at this point and a you know, decent start to the year but he did walk three over four and two-thirds innings 
at Double A, and I just in this organization, so many good arms coming up. Is Freed a guy who's really kind of been passed on this organizational depth chart, and it's kind of looking like the odd man out of that rotation long term? Yeah, I just the the reason I included him in the piece is it's it's kind of clear that this new regime was maybe a little lower on him or or thought he had more work to do than the previous regime they could have easily found a spot for him in the the triple a rotation chose not to sent him down to double a uh the positive is that they are still developing him as a starter if if they wanted him to be a reliever he could be getting guys out in the big leagues right now with that fastball and curveball uh and i think he'd be a potential closer down the road if he ever got shifted to the bullpen but they they are developing him as a starter at double a just doesn't seem like if if they thought he was going to be a a big contributor in the big league rotation this year i think he would open at triple a so if you if you were holding freed in some super deep leagues expecting him to get starts early this season uh i would oh crap I guess today he actually got promoted to AAA. Oh, wow. Um, so breaking, semi-breaking news. Um, Interesting. I had not seen that. Well, that's, all right, that's interesting. Um, well, I guess you can kind of throw out everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it anyway. I think he's somebody to keep an eye on, but yeah, just long term, I can't see him being. You're right about like the the fatigue and like the walk, like, yeah, you, you got a commands an issue for him the change-ups an issue so um i mean he's a lefty with a mid-90s fastball and a monster curveball so that's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on but uh not among the braves top five starting pitching prospects this is the kind of performance that'll open some eyes shane bieber at double a nine k's and six shutout innings just two hits allowed no walks uh, that's pretty darn good is he somebody that's maybe creeping up your top 400 or do you think it's maybe premature for that he is i i haven't gotten that far down i've i sort of did a bit of an update today got about 40 guys deep uh but yeah in the, the coming days i'll i'll continue to move down and, and when i get to beaver i will move him up he's up to 13 scoreless innings now on the season 17 strikeouts just six hits and zero walks allowed over that span so uh someone that i think everyone's starting to take notice of i don't think he's more than a number three starter but i I could end up being wrong about that he's their best healthy pitching prospect tristan mckenzie's hurt right now which is not good uh and bieber is is nearing a promotion to triple i would have to think he's up to about 60 innings now at double a uh really nothing left to prove there so as long as soon as they can find a spot for him in the triple a rotation i think that's where he'll be and then once he's up there if he continues to impress then all of a sudden he becomes a guy on the short list of potential options if they suffer an injury in the rotation nice a lot of talk early on this season about yanni chirinos and what he's doing at the major league level but you gave anthony bond a shout out here for what he did in his first start at triple a eight k's he too with no walks five innings four hits allowed they're continuing to go with this shortened rotation with that bullpen day with chirinos i i mean really in today's age you need like eight starters so it's inevitable that they'll need some reinforcements in that rotation 
Do you think Bond has kind of put himself atop that list of, of fill-in options? Yeah, he has to be. He went out yesterday through another uh, – Five and a third innings, one run, five hits, wow. another zero walk, eight strikeout game. So that's 16 strikeouts, zero walks in 10 and a third innings. Uh, you know, unlike the guys like Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough and, and those other guys that are kind of four to five inning options as kind of quasi starters, Bonda actually could be more of a traditional number four starter who who can go six seven innings when he when he's rolling if the rays allow him to they might just be so into the numbers that they are just pulling everyone after two times through the order unless you're chris archer but uh bonda i think actually could be heard from this year in mixed leagues just because you know he's a lefty mid-90s fastball uh you know there's there's some stuff to like here and he, he is pretty much ready now, we talked about Corbin Burns in that Milwaukee system. How far behind is, is Freddie Peralta from a guy like Burns? Are they kind of on a near-equal playing field, or is Peralta a guy that you have lower expectations for uh, moving forward? I just think that they are going to be used differently in the big leagues. Uh, I think they're they're probably just as like, – I, I wouldn't be surprised if either guy was the first to get to the big leagues. Uh but with Freddie, he's 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 fun to watch, but the stuff really plays up based on deception. He's just got this uh, delivery where the the hitters just can't pick up the ball uh, from the right side, and it allows his low nineties fastball to play up as plus. It allows his slider to to be a swing and miss pitch. Uh, I think he's going to be like a better version of what Yanni Chirinos hard to be better than what Yanni Chirinos has been thus far because he hasn't allowed a run but you know what Yanni Chirinos gives the Rays this season I think uh over a full season Peralta could be a bit better in that just because I think there's there's going to be more strikeouts there but like Chirinos he's not a guy that I think the Brewers are going to allow to go super deep into games so whereas Corbin Burns I think could be more of a traditional number two number three starter now this next name in your article is really interesting to me because you know he's low on your top 400 310 I imagine he's probably out there in some of our deeper mixed leagues the rdi which you know, allows you to pick up guys at any level griffin canning uh he's only at high a but six k's two walks one hit in his debut four innings and you kind of comp him to to guys like alec hansen john duplantier who maybe fell due to durability and command issues in the draft is canning that next guy who's gonna leap up uh lists across the industry yeah when i (laughs) i'm sorry like i don't have time to just constantly be updating the top 400 but like when i get when i get to canning he's gonna jump uh probably about 100 spots and like he he's he's a borderline top 200 prospect just through no need to apologize two starts now under his belt at uh, high a and still hasn't allowed a run uh, 12 strikeouts three walks in eight and two thirds uh this yeah this could be one of those sleeper guys that i mean he there was a time when he was talked about as a as a first round guy last year there were durability uh injury concerns going into the draft 
which is why he lasted to the second round. But yeah, like guys like Hanson and Duplantier a couple of years ago, he could end up being uh, a steal. And I think if the draft were redone, I, I think Canning would probably be a borderline top 20 pick. So that's, that's how you should think about him for uh, dynasty leagues. And, and you're right. He's, he's out there in RDI. He's out there in TDGX. He's uh, somebody that I, I think will be a pretty popular ad in the coming weeks. Nice. And yeah, what I was saying is, yeah, you don't have to apologize because you are constantly updating the top 400. It's a constant process. And that's really the only list that I know of in the industry. That's just a, pretty much a 24 seven work in progress. So we appreciate you doing what you can looking forward to seeing where exactly Griffin canning slots in that update, but Reggie Lawson Padres prospect also at high a is he only made this one start too? It looks like, yes, he's at just the one start five innings, eight K's did give up a Homer, but a solid effort from him. Certainly no walks. What is uh, you say he's going to enter the top 400? Do you have an idea of where he might I, settle? Yeah, I was able to plug him in. There were, we had Jesse Winker graduated, Jorge Alfaro graduated, Victor Caratini graduated. Uh, so I was able to just slot Lawson at the back of the 400. Uh, but I I expect he'll probably move into kind of like the the mid 300s uh, eventually when I get down there. Uh, Really, really good size, six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, uh, athletic righty, uh, some pedigree. He was a, I think he was a comp round pick in in twenty sixteen. Uh, I think the bonus was just a little below a million bucks for him, but um, he's he's a legit prospect. Last year, it was it was kind of an issue for him to throw strikes, and that's what I love so much about this first start: zero walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, if he can kind of keep uh, limiting the the free passes, he could really uh, continue to rise all season. The next guy here, Nick Kingham, pretty interesting because it seems like the Pirates have kind of folded on Tyler Glass now as a starter. People think you know, maybe Mitch Keller gets a look, but you, you expect it to be Nick Kingham, especially after he fanned 10 in his debut. Right, yeah. I mean, I just think if you look at all their options for whenever they need – to bring in someone else for the rotation kingham just makes the most sense right now because he's 26 he's he's thrown two starts this year uh up to 16 strikeouts in 11 innings not going to be that type of pitcher in the big leagues he's more of your kind of classic number four number five starter but he's he's seems like he's big league ready at this point to me and he might even be an upgrade right now over a guy or two in that rotation. So in, in deep leagues, NL only leagues, this is a guy that I expect to be up and added in the coming, uh, you know, four or five weeks. Nice. You did give Keller a shout out at the bottom. Other notables. Does that change your stance at all from the, the prediction you had recently? About no, not yeah, anything? like that. So, I mean, there wasn't a ton to write about, like, cause we're only like, when I wrote this, it was less than a week into the season, so I was just trying to find something that might actually the, – the 17 guys I wrote about were guys where what they did in that first start might impact something about them. Uh, but Keller, like that was exactly what I would expect out of Keller in his 2018 debut back at AA. So it, I didn't write anything about him. It's like nothing has changed. He's He's still – 
a really good pitching prospect. He's still at double A. He's in an organization that's really slow to promote guys. So I still think there's a, a decent chance we don't see him until 2019. Nick Clark is a guy. Uh, Nick Clark. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Taylor Clark of the Diamondbacks. Another guy is just kind of entering my radar right now. Not on the top 400, but is he somebody that you are going to be adding uh, along with some of these other guys? I'm not going to add him. Uh, he, I just don't. I don't think of him that way. He's kind of a number five starter to me at best. But I think that that first start at least opened the door for him to get some spot starts in the big leagues in the first half if a need arises for the Diamondbacks. In his second start, he gave up seven runs on 10 hits and two walks. And so pretty much everything good that happened in start one was was erased with that second outing. Uh, but just a guy to keep an eye on. He's got a mid-90s fastball, um, pretty decent command. And I, you know, looking at their organizational depth chart, if they needed a starter like a week from now, I think he might be the guy uh, just based on the, the lack of other options that are healthy. Nice, man. And finally, Cole Stewart, the last play you wrote up and you linked to in a, a tweet from our buddy Chris Blessing. You got to get eyes on Cole Stewart here recently. Are you keeping the book open on Stewart, not willing to, to write him off yet? I am... I had kind of written him off coming into the year. Uh, nine strikeouts in his first start. Uh, I actually probably should have gone back and checked this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't struck out nine guys in a game in like two years. Uh, he just has not missed bats the way that people thought he would when he was an amateur. And to me, he'd kept, like he he went unclaimed in the Rule Five draft. He was available, and nobody took him. Like that that tells you quite a lot about a guy that's twenty three and has experience in the upper levels of the minors. So a borderline prospect, but that first start of the season, I think, does keep that door cracked open a little bit, just that maybe something's clicking with him as he kind of gets to a point in his career where there's some desperation setting in. Nice. Well, great stuff as always. Check out James's article for yourself. 17 starts that might mean something. Rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. But before we move on to our collaborations countdown i just want to ask you about a guy who's former top prospect in baseball now finding his way into some playing time with elvis andrews now out for up to two months rubnet odor also in the dl jerks and profar see somebody that you think may be a sneaky ad where he's available yeah uh i actually just someone just asked me on twitter if i would take franklin barretto or jerks and profar long term i think i'd 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 still take Barreto, but the fact that it's even a question now as compared to, say, like last summer, this is not something that would have been a question. Um, I still like Profar. I mean, he he looked good when we saw him in the AZL a couple years ago. It's been kind of a messy situation where I think a change of scenery might be good for him, but these injuries are – we're definitely going to get – to, to see him get every day at bats here, at least in the short term, which is exciting. I mean, this was a guy that was always probably a little overrated from a fantasy perspective. Kind of reminds me of uh, Dansby Swanson in that regard, where he would show up really high, number one overall on, on a lot of uh, real-life prospect lists. But the tools just weren't quite there from a fantasy standpoint to me. Like, he, he wasn't 
you know, a plus runner. He wasn't a guy that I thought projected to have more than like 20, 25 homer pop. So that's not really a number one overall prospect for fantasy purposes, but obviously a really talented guy. So I, I hope that this works out for him. Yeah, so I'm going to hit last night off Keenan Middleton. Squared it up pretty well. I, re- I know Chris Liss had, you know, one of his bold predictions was that Profar goes like 20, 20, 290, which is a little steep, but I, I respect the approach with that because it's like it's a pedigree guy who's was hurt hasn't really had his chance since he was hurt so uh, maybe he's somebody that with the offensive environment being what it is could surprise some people with the power and maybe they need him to run to, to manufacture some runs so we'll see is, is he out there in stake do you know because that could get a uh, pretty pretty pricey if <laughs> let me check um yeah i might have to I know Senzel's owned. That was a real bummer. I wanted to get my stash on nope. even more. Profar is owned. Okay. Should have figured. That's 18 teams. But anyway, James, we are on to number 19 on our hip hop collabs countdown. Which started last week. You had, uh, what song did you have last week? Uh, above oh, the Clouds. Above the Clouds, yeah. I had Skewed on the Barbie. My 19 pick isn't something that's, isn't a song that's all that exciting, but I felt like I had to. Get it on this list, and that's Derock Wilder. Oh, hell yeah. Method Man in Red. I remember in my formative years, no, uh, before those even, ha- taping that music video. I had it on a VHS tape along with a bunch of other <laughs> music videos. My brother and I would watch that a lot. Great song, still holds up today, and really that whole Blackout album, still really good. That was one that I was like kind of iffy on, but I, I ultimately settled on that having to be a part of my list. So, what do you think of that? I love that. Uh, I Is that going to be on, on yours? That's that's to be determined. Uh, there was a a different song that has Method Man and Red Man in it that I was contemplating inclu- uh, putting at number nineteen, but it, it'll be a bit higher on the list. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember the, the Rockwilder was one of those songs that had uh, mainstream appeal, at least in like yeah. my hometown. Like people that didn't even like hip hop that much knew that song just because it was one that we would play at parties, play like before basketball games, stuff like that. Certified uh, banger, absolutely. Sure. Uh, really, really great beat, named after the Rockwilder yeah. who who made the beat yeah. and. Actually, my track's also produced by Rockwell. Oh, wow, so, really? so that's uh symmetry. Yeah, uh, we're on the the same page here. Um, great track. It's one of those where I forget the exact story, but it's it's only like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, and I remember, I think Method Man and Red Man like just couldn't come up with more verses for it, and like to me, it was always kind of a bummer because. I would have liked it to be like another minute longer just because, you know, the beat was so great. The the whole kind of idea, the flows uh, really worked well. And it, it was just kind of a shame that it was only two and a half minutes. But, but yeah, definitely uh, a really hot song. Yeah, really good one. Still holds up really well today. I still hear it, too, at, you know, parties and uh, whatnot. And I'm with you that it's, you know, probably could have had another verse, but it almost is, you know, you don't want to. Right, it, you don't want to go on too long. You don't want to force it. Yeah, yeah sometimes short is sweet. So uh, really great one. If you haven't heard that, get on it. I know some one of our listeners has like started a Spotify. Oh yeah, playlist. that's that's awesome. That's uh, 
super cool. Um, I actually want to give him a shout out. Uh, yeah, I love that idea. Like it, it's not, there's not a ton going on with it right now cause we're only, uh, yeah, two songs in, but yeah, Andrew Redding at a W Redding has started a Spotify playlist called Rotowire prospect top 20 collab. So, I mean, that, that's already probably the best Spotify playlist out there uh, <laughs> on Spotify, period. Yeah, and it'll, songs deep, right? it'll only continue to, to get better as this countdown continues. Yeah, appreciate that, Andrew. That's really cool. Check that out for yourself if you get time. I mean, maybe not right now, but check back in a couple of weeks to get uh, a larger selection of songs. But what do you have for your 19? All right, so mine is the song Oh No which I think, Oh God, I love that song. I think it's technically a most deaf song, but it was off of the lyricist lounge Two mixtape, uh, which was it's put great. out by raucous records. Yeah. Yes. Just a loaded mixtape. Uh, it's got most death, uh, Feral Monch and Nate dog on the hook produced by rock Wilder. And you know, it's a, it's a classic. Everyone, probably knows it for the Nate Dog hook, just a, a classic hook. Um the Pharaoh verse. The Pharaoh verse is insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean the Pharaoh if we were just kind of ranking all the verses that might show up in, in our songs, I mean that Pharaoh one might be top ten. Uh most F verse is is good too. Uh but I if I was just kind of power ranking who brings the most to this track, I would probably go Pharaoh, Nate, most. Yeah, I'm with you. Pharaoh's actually really underrated, I think, just generally. Great lyricist. Yeah, really great lyricist. I like the style, too. It's a very unique flow. You know, we used to grade flows, and I think we actually graded Pharaoh once. I don't remember what I gave him, but I might go 60 on that flow out of the 20. Yeah, I, I mean, I might throw an 80 on the lyricism. Yeah. Um, he's, I think he's rumored to be one of the top ghostwriters out there. Where I, see that. I think he's written a decent amount of like Puff Daddy's lyrics. Um, like basically if you're, if you're rich enough to pay for his ghostwriting and you're not a very good writer, then you, you give Pharaoh Mach a call. And yeah. He, how does, how does like Birdman not call up Pharaoh? Like <laughs> Birdman has like, who does he have ghostwriting for him? Because whoever's doing it, not doing a good enough job. No. By the well, way, I'm and, sorry, and it's, it's just, I don't know if, um, I'd love to just have some sort of expose laying out like some of the most famous verses that weren't written by the actual person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure it's actually a really good idea. I'm sure like Dr. Dre probably has some, I'm sure like, like even the best puff daddy verses sound terrible because it's puff daddy, but like, I'm sure that there might be, uh, a few of those, uh, you know, maybe like a guy like Jermaine Dupree might have had some ghostwriting going on. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to think of like the guys that got money without really being good rappers, but just were around it and and wanted to be on tracks. Yeah, I wonder too about guys like Fifty Cent and those guys who oh, yeah. got popular in the early two thousands. I'm sure they wrote very few of their actual lyrics. But I was wondering if you've ever heard Pharrell Monch's album's Desire. That's a really, really good. Um, I actually think I, I remember we talked about this. Um, I liked his other album more. Uh, the one where he's like in the river, or whatever. Yeah, um, that was really good too. But yeah, that I think that, so. That one, Desire was second, right? Like, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, 
organized confusion. No, 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 no. Um, the one with Simon. Yeah, Simon. internal affairs yeah. was the one I like. Desire was too, man. There was a eight year gap between those. Um, yeah, Pharaoh only forty five still. Yeah, I hope he's doing. I hope he's doing good. Yeah, he's he's an underrated artist for sure. Definitely like him and those lyricist lounge albums. The, the second one, really, really good. I mean, that's kind of an iconic album in my mind. I agree. The the DJ high tech albums. You ever listen to? Those? Yeah, yeah, really good too. Well, really good choice. That one's probably going to be a little higher on my list, but I, I love that song. And man, that's a that's a pretty good top four we got going so yeah. far. So yeah, we'll I'm keep- I'm excited just to go back in and and check out that uh, Spotify playlist at the very end of this. Yeah, same. Well, we'll continue on with number 18 on our respective list next week. Thank you for listening to the Prospect Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Talk to you guys soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.